Yo, yo, what up, Ryuji here, and welcome back to the Two Rowdy Vegans podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. We really appreciate it. And this week, we're at the Animal Liberation Conference. Now, if you haven't heard, the ALC, as it's called, is one of the biggest animal rights conferences in the world. And Renee did a talk today on talking to farmers and ranchers. So if you enjoy what Renee's up to and you like hearing her story, her talk about the... Uh, rancher advocacy program and everything she's up to you're gonna love this talk as well lots of great energy in the room and uh, yeah i think you're really gonna like this so without further ado let's get right into it Two begins. One plus one equals two begins. Yo, so I just want to do a quick intro. My name is Ryuji, and I've been working pretty closely, very closely actually, with Rowdy Girl Sanctuary for the past few months. Ever since we met, uh, I think it's like six months ago or eight months ago or something like that. And uh, so basically my role in the Rancher Advocacy Program has been to follow Renee around and document everything that we've been doing. So I've been with her on several ranches and farms, people who are interested in transforming their farms into plant-based businesses, which has been incredible. And uh, you know what I'm really excited about here is that you're gonna get to hear from someone who used to be in the industry, which is a perspective that I didn't have as a vegan activist. Like I'm just purely just like 100% for the animals vegan activist. And so I didn't always used to have compassion or empathy for farmers and ranchers and people in the, in, in the industry. And what hanging out with Renee has showed me is basically that, man, all these people are just people who are out there, you know, they have their lives, their families, and they're just people like us. And hanging around with her, I've really learned to empathize better with people who are in the industry. And uh, that's exactly what we're going to talk about here. You know, although the name of the talk was transforming uh, farms to sanctuaries. Uh, is going to be more centered around how to communicate with ranchers and farmers. Um, so maybe half the room is going to leave now, but I hope not. And uh, yeah, and it's, it's incredible, again, because this is a perspective that I couldn't have gotten just being on my own. It was just really being with her, being in the room with her and other farmers and other ranchers and seeing their conversations that, you know, so many things opened up to me. So I'm really excited to introduce Renee, who's now also my really good friend. So let's do this. Thank you. Am I on? I'll use this. Yeah. All right, so uh, thank you, Ryuji. That's amazing. And he's also the other half of the Two Rowdy Vegans. If you haven't heard our podcast, we do have uh, a podcast called the Two Rowdy Vegans. And so, all right, so how many of you have heard of the Rowdy Girl story? All right, great. How many of you have not? Good. Great to know. Okay. For those of you that don't know the Rowdy Girl story, I um, am from Texas. I was married to uh, a beef cattle ranch farmer, and we uh, began to get at odds with one another when I began to have a big difficulty seeing the uh, cows go to the cell barn. Now, I was not vegan at the time. I was not vegan whenever I started having issues with the babies going to the cell barn. I just started having some compassion for these animals that were being loaded up into trailers and going to auction. And, you know, I'm a common everyday Texas girl, raised in the heart of Texas. I had a collection of leather boots, went to the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo every year, and I loved animals, you know? And so, but, you know, because we are conditioned to see things through the lens of 
you know, the cattle ranchers, the farmers. I mean, it's all, this is what Texas is about. In fact, I've got this cup. I got this at Starbucks. And I was so blown away that the Lone Star State of Texas, according to this cup, is all about cattle ranches, um, pigs, uh, oil fields, you know, big old leather, you know, cowboy boot, uh, horseshoe, uh, cowboy hat, you know, it's barbecue. Okay, that's Texas. However, y'all, <laughs> Texas is going vegan. And so we are hashtagging TX is going vegan. Anytime you can hashtag TX is going vegan. Because get this, if you can turn Texas blue, guess what else is going to happen? The country will follow. So you've heard the old saying, follow the money. Follow cattle ranchers going vegan and see what happens. Seriously, it's going to happen. It is happening. So our story right now, the overview of Rowdy Girl's story is really about that. I'm from Texas. Me and my husband have been married twice. Um, I started having compassion for the animals. One thing led to the other, and I kept trying to find a humane way to do the wrong thing. I, and, like, and like most people out there, they try to find humane ways to drink milk, humane ways to eat meat, humane ways to take their children to, you know, uh, rodeos. There ain't no humane way to do the wrong thing. Right? I know that now. But as I was looking for a way to do that, I stumbled upon veganism. See, I started buying all the humane meats, the milks, the cheeses, being a cattle rancher's wife. I was doing this, and I was trying to be better. And then I started realizing that we weren't eating our own animals. You know, we were a small Texas farm, not a big one. We had 29 cows, but so does so many of the 248,000 farms and ranches in Texas. You heard that right. 248,000 farms and ranches in Texas alone. And so, you know, we were a small farm, but when I started opening up my eyes and my heart to these animals, I was, I was shocked. I didn't know how to not do what we were doing because I love my husband, um, and I wasn't vegan at the time, but I was kept trying to want to do it better. And what happened is I ended up going vegan in the process, basically. Yeah, that's what happened. And, and you know, I stumbled upon the Melanie Joy carnism. Have you seen that? Anybody seen that? Where she talks about the, uh, the beef stew. You know, everybody's enjoying the beef stew, for those of you that haven't heard about it. They're eating this stew, and it's so good. Everybody's just salivating over it. And then somebody says, what's the recipe? And the lady of the house says, well, so glad you asked. You start off with a pound of very young golden retriever. That did it, okay? I was like, I watched this, and I wasn't vegan yet. But I was like, oh my God. I could be eating chopped up, dead bodies of puppies. And I wouldn't even know the difference, right? 
And so I just kind of took a deep breath, turned the video off, and went to my mother-in-law's. It was October 31st, 2014, and I did not know I was on the verge of going vegan. I had no clue I was about to go vegan, y'all. It was not planned. I was moving in this direction because I was trying to do the right thing the wrong way, like so many people. So October 31st, 2014, I went to my mother-in-law's, and it was Halloween, and the kids were there with their Halloween costumes on. They were going to do a big parade outside. It was a lot of people, a lot of family, and I walk in, and my mother-in-law is serving beef stew. Man, I was just like, oh, my God, my ears started ringing. I mean, she comes out with this big pot of beef stew, and I promise you, I thought I was in the Twilight Zone. And I was like, I can't eat that. And I didn't, she didn't even ask me if I wanted any. I just was like, I can't eat that. She says, well, why not, Renee? I said, because it's got floating, dead, hacked-up animal bodies in it. <laughs> and you say that to my mother-in-law with everybody there. Everybody stopped talking. <laughs> they looked at me, and they were like, what did you just say? I said, it's got floating, dead, hacked-up animal bodies in it. That's what. And my mother-in-law says, well, Renee, you can pick it out. And I said, no, ma'am. There's no more picking it out for me. That was the moment, the defining moment, that I threw up the red pill and took the blue one. Okay? And that's what we must do. So that's the overview, okay, of, of the Rowdy Girl story. Okay, from then on, it was Katie bar the door. You know, my husband, by God, was not going to sell them cows. He sold them cows. He was going to do it over my dead body. Uh, and, you know, you by the way, you can even pick me up in jail because I've been learning by all my friends out here that I can protest. And I would get in front of that trailer with a flag. And, I mean, I was serious. And my husband knew I was serious. <laughs> and he was like, Renee, you stay out of my business. And I was like, no, this is no longer a business to me. These cows are my family. Whoa. My husband was like, Renee, you know, you are going over the deep end now. I said, yep, I've lost my mind. I got a new one, brand new, <laughs> new and improved. And I was like, mm. and, you know, I was taking out all the meat out of the house. I said, you will not eat animal products in my home. And it's, I, I would not let him bring it in. I kicked it all out. And so if he wanted a hamburger, he had to go to Sonic. He had to go get it. He couldn't do it at the house, you know. And so, he was, well, this is my house, too. I said, I don't care. I will not live in a graveyard. And I meant it. You know? <laughs> and this was just a few days after I went vegan. When it happened for me, y'all, it had been building up for so long that when I finally went vegan, I went freaking crazy on him. <laughs> You know, and so he will tell you that veganism was shoved down his throat, that he chewed it up and he liked it. Because that's really what happened to my husband. My poor husband watched Cowspiracy, watched Forks Over Knives, watched Earthlings, watched, you know, uh, Harold Brown's Peaceable Kingdom, Food Matters. I mean, you name it, that boy watched it. And, uh, and then before you know it, things started to click for him. And on May 2nd, 2015, my husband went vegan. And this is why he went vegan, okay? He went vegan because of follow your heart cheese and so delicious ice cream. 
Okay, I just have to say that. I mean, I'm not, I, they don't sponsor us right now. There's no reason for me to like say it because they're giving us any money. It's just that's the freaking truth. I mean, he, he chows down on so delicious and follow your heart cheeks. So. Anyway, so, and so then, as a result, the Rancher Advocacy Program was born. And I had no idea, again, that I was going to be starting um, something that everyone was going to want to know about. I just knew that other ranchers' wives started reaching out to me. Because, see, our story started landing in the laps of common, everyday people around the country. Our story caught on. CBS Evening News came out and told our story. Uh, ABC National News came out and told our story. Animal Planet, uh, Southwest Airlines came out, and next thing you know, our stories in all the magazines on all the planes. I was just like blown away at the amount of people, uh, organizations that wanted to tell this story. And as a result, common everyday farmers and ranchers' wives and their families were contacting me. You know, they were telling me, you know, I have these feelings for my animals too. I just can never talk about it. See, these ranchers love animals. They don't know how to talk about it. This is what we do. This is the things that we are taught are to be proud of. I mean, that cattle ranchers are respected for being hard workers and, and the work that they do. You know, and for them to feel like they're doing something wrong, uh, it's, it just goes against the grain of everything that for hundreds of years they've been taught. So, you know, what I had to do when people started contacting me is I just had to start being on the phone with them and just start talking to them. The next thing you know, uh, the Rancher's Advocacy Program is becoming a thing because I'm just talking to people. And I started telling my board of directors, I started telling uh, the foundation um, that helps us, you know, uh, you know um, I'm, I need a program, and this is the program I want to do. I want to figure out how to convert cattle ranchers, animal farmers, into viable businesses instead of doing animal agriculture. Well, it's happening, okay? It's happening. Yeah. And so what I'd like to do right now, since we're on this, is just do a quick overview. Ryuji, if you could come up here. Ryuji's been doing all of my one-minute vids. If you, if you follow Rowdy Girl Sanctuary on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube, all the video content that's been created over the last six months has been by Ryuji. And he's been doing an amazing job. Yes, so much so that we are this close to having him on staff. I've already appealed to our foundation, and it's very, uh, we're going to be getting this, the, the information really soon. Yeah. So, you ready? Let's do it. Okay, let's do this. I'm that person that didn't want to go beyond that veil. I'm that person that didn't want to watch those slaughterhouse videos. I'm that person that loved animals and killed them. So many ranchers are just like us. They really love animals and kill them. I never did like taking my calves and dropping them off at the cell barn, but I did it because I figure, hey, we eat this, you know? Uh, might as well take responsibility for it. A result of us becoming a sanctuary, 
uh, is the Rancher Advocacy Program. It's brought us to this point with the Rowdy Girl Sanctuary, trying to get some help and change our farm to growing plant-based. When our story started landing in the laps of everyday ranchers and farmers, and they started relating to us, there was something that started to click in them. Y'all have gotten it out of the back of your brain, and y'all got it up on the surface, and now you're practicing it. You're, you're, you're walking right. the walk. You're walking the walk. Sometimes your typical vegans just can't be heard because they're pissed off and angry at cattle ranchers. Understandably so. But it's not going to change them. The anger doesn't change them. The conversations change them. A rancher talking their language on national TV, they knew that they started pulling on their heartstrings. And so these taboo subjects that you never talk about when you're a rancher, like your feelings about the cows that you send to slaughter, like your feelings about the chickens that you send to slaughter. I remember the first time that the chickens were sold for slaughter, the very first batch of chickens that we raised here on this farm when I was 15, 14. Wow. Um, that I sat in my bedroom and I just cried and cried, um, knowing that they were going to all die. They were all, all going to be slaughtered. But that was yet another thing that was part of farming. And we're indoctrinated to like what you're just talking about, cows, chickens, pigs, that they're, they don't have the same kind of feelings. They don't have the same kind of pain. You're, you're right, man. You take them to the market and you feel like a murderer, you know? They need to talk to people that can tell them, I feel the same way, but I don't know what to do about it. Because I've talked to ranchers, eighth generation cattle ranchers, that tell me, you know, our kids don't want to inherit the farm. They're going vegan and vegetarian. I've heard this over and over, and this is one of the big problems coming into our society. So we were coordinating this with Davy's parents, and they're like, okay, well, there's um, a schedule in November for some of the cows to be picked up for auction. Did you round them up? Hell no. Ah! These kids that are coming up do not want to inherit the cruelty. Period. We've got to help them. The Ranchers Advocacy Program is positioned to do that. The Barrett Farm used to be a chicken farm, and they have four chicken sheds in Wicks, Arkansas. They processed 100,000 chickens every 52 days. And now we are converting their farm to a mushroom farm. And one day, whenever we get this thing started, one day I'm gonna be able to help another farm somewhere close by to be able to do the same thing that I'm doing. And then another one, and then another one, and then another one. And hopefully these farms that we put online can do the same thing to their friends and their farmers. This thing is going to be global. It's going to go global. That was Rodney Barrett. Rodney and Jennifer Barrett, the Barrett family farm, did process 100,000 chickens every 52 days. Ryuji was there with me. We actually saw that. Yes. Yeah, hey, glad to see you here. Robert's in the room. Yeah. Yeah, so actually processed 100,000 chickens. Let me tell you something. These people are the most genuine, compassionate, loving people. I had the opportunity to sit in the field with Jennifer and her 240 cows. 
and show her how to connect. She had never connected to cows. And now when you see this girl with cows, my tattoo says cow mama on it, she is cow mama on steroids. This woman is rocking the vegan lifestyle. Her and her, her, and her husband are just amazing. Holly and Davey Shockrell, uh, the, the Barretts are in Arkansas, and we are so close to breaking ground on their mushroom farm. And uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty incredible. We have so much support, so much support. And that's why it's so important to do this, to roll this out uh, the right way, because, you know, the media wants to be all over this, you know. And I was, and when I first knew that I wanted to reach out and tell their story, I called Robert, because Robert was, he's in the back of the room with Free From Harm. And I called Robert because they had told our story when we first started. And I knew that I wanted to tell this story, but I needed to do it, you know, methodically and right. And so now it's starting to be told. Um, so how do we talk to cattle ranchers? I mean, I mean, just out here in the room, how, have it, how many of you out here are cattle ranchers? How many have been cattle ranchers? Nobody? You have? My grandfather owned a dairy farm that I grew up on. So you're... What? My grandfather owned a dairy farm that I grew up on. So... I didn't have anything to do with the business, no, but I grew up inside the business. So you grew up inside of the business. So how... How... I mean, how many of you talk to cattle ranchers and farmers as vegans? Okay, I want to... Just, just uh, somebody come right up here. I want to hear what you tell them, which, how you talk to them. Yeah, come on in. I mean, I'm having... So I'm the organizer for Western Mass. Animal uh, Save. Oh, cool. I'm Renee. Hi, I'm Jess. So I'm the organizer for Western Massachusetts Animal Save. And um, we just started a chapter. And one of the issues that we're having is communicating effectively with small farmers. Because the only slaughterhouse that we bear witness at um, is in a very rural, remote location. And it's all small farmers bringing their animals in one by one from their own farms. Um, and I am really genuinely curious as to how to reach them. So how do you do it? I mean, I try to, we try to connect with them one-on-one, -on -one, but if they don't want to come over and talk to us, um, I feel that our, our communication has really just kind of like... It's, Is it dwindling? It's dwindling. Okay, okay, so that's good. I just want to get a little bit out of time. Who else wants to just say something, how they're talking to cattle ranchers? Cheyenne, come on up here. I'm going to hold the mic. Okay. So um, outside of a slaughterhouse in Woodland, Washington, one day we had a cattle rancher from Texas come up to us at the gate and all the workers had told him that we are like crazy and we spit on them and we throw things at them, which obviously none of that's true. But he came up, he's like, I need to talk to you crazy vegans. And after a few minutes of us just asking him how he is and where he's coming from and just asking about his life, I asked him, if money wasn't involved, what would you do with your life? And he paused and he was like, I've never thought of that before and just really getting them to think about why they're doing what they do. And he said he could never slaughter the animals himself. He loved the animals and just really talking to them like humans, like another person, assuming that they're compassionate and that they're loving and that they're kind and not assuming that they're evil. Just seeing those people. Good, good, good. Thank you, Cheyenne. That's great. Because that's one of the very, very basic uh, things you have to think about when you're talking to these cattle ranchers and farmers is that there really are people and they really don't know another way to do this. This is all they know. And so the way I like to put it is you go in their back door. Back door guests are best, right? Everybody likes 
people that come in the back door. They trust the people that come in the back door. You know, if you knock on my front door, I may back up. Say, who the hell are you? Let me get my gun. You know, right? I mean, this is what people do, you know? Who are you? But if you're coming in my back door and you're just walking in, hey, how's it going? It's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to trust you somewhat, you know? And so, you know, everybody wants to be trusted and respected, even cattle ranchers. They want to be trusted. They want to be respected. They want to feel like they matter. Uh, and so, you know, it's important. It's so important to stop, to think just for a minute, just get quiet just for a second, and exhale out all the judgment, preconceived notions, and then inhale in, like maybe an open mind in a different way to think about it. I mean, we have to bring in another way, another conversation, right? Like the trailers, for instance. You met the trailers over there, the guy that talked about, you know, he actually felt like a murderer. You know, he said that on on, uh, camera. And when we were in the room with him, he was like, how are y'all getting me to say all this? Or, yo, is this a conspiracy? I mean, all of a sudden he was thinking that we were actually, for a minute, he heard himself saying all of this stuff, and he was like, oh my God, you know, is this a conspiracy? I mean, he looked at his wife and he was like, did you put them up to this? And it was like, no. But see, because we were just having a conversation, he was able to talk about this in such a way where he was able to hear himself say he was a murderer instead of me saying, you're a murderer. Big difference. Big difference. See, when you're in their back door talking to them, they're going to see and feel that they're being a murderer. If you're in their face calling them a murderer, they're going to go, whoa, back up, right? And, and so these are the kind of uh, conversations that, you know, are happening with us, you know. When I was at the Barrett family farm in Arkansas, where Yuji got this on, on camera, I had a real candid conversation with Jennifer on the couch. And we just talked about, you know, the way it was when she was, you know. I mean, she just thought that this is what chicken, this is what the chicken's lives were supposed to be like. I mean, she really thought that, you know, if you're a chicken in this world, that this is what the life you're, you're going to have. Because we got to feed the world chicken nuggets. I mean, she really thought that. And now, that woman is like, I cannot believe I ever thought that. Why is she thinking this way now? Because she threw up the red pill. See, as long as we're taking the red pill, you know, we will never see. That's why it's so important to educate so that we can help people see they need to throw up the system. I mean, the system that we're all, much like a tea bag, we're steeped in a system of cruelty. We're steeped in a system of violence, and it's considered normal. You know, I was talking to someone uh, yesterday, or where was it? No, it was on the plane. Yeah, it was on the plane up here. A Hispanic woman and her little baby. And, you know, 
poor thing. I mean, I really, after, after the end of the day, I was like, oh my God, this poor woman. You know, but, you know, she asked me, oh, you know, do you have any kids? And I was like, yeah, I have 133 of them. And she was like, what? And I said, yeah, 133 farm animals. She said, farm animals? Do you sell them? I was like, oh, no, no, I love everyone. She was like, what? And I said, yeah. She said, are, are you vegetarian? And I was like, no, ma'am, I'm vegan, full-on vegan. Used to be a cattle ranch. And she was like... I mean, her, her eyes just dropped open, her little babies in her, in her lap, and, and she starts telling me how she can't drink milk anymore because of vaginal infections, how she wished that she could take, you know, give her kids you know, uh, more plant-based or be, you know, vegetarian, but she doesn't know how to do that because of her culture. I mean, culture is real, y'all, right? Culture is a real deal. I mean, this woman obviously really wants to do better. She's studying homeopathy. You know, and she wants to do right by her kids, but she said, how am I going to do this with my babies? They want to eat meat, and they want to go to the rodeo. She said, in fact, because she's from Houston, she said, in fact, I was at the rodeo, the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, a few months ago, and some, some people came up to me waving a sign and said, you're supporting cruelty. And I said, well, you are. <laughs> and she went, I know, but I didn't think about it. And I was like, exactly. But you're thinking about it now, aren't you? It's a question. It was a question I asked her. But you're thinking about it now, aren't you? Yeah. I said, so do you want to grow up teaching your child that violence is normal? See, these are questions. When we can frame questions in such a way to get people to think for themselves instead of telling them you're bad, you're a murderer, you this, you that. that People back up on that. But if you can have a conversation and ask questions and listen, so much about communicating is knowing how to listen and hear people instead of always talking at them, right? And so, um, yeah... So, any other ideas about how to talk to ranchers and cowboys? You know, when we, when we evacuated, and I'll be right there with you, when we evacuated recently, recently we had to evacuate 133 animals because of the Brazos River flood. Again, third time. We are not in climate change, we're in climate crisis. That's where we are, okay? Third evacuation. Gratefully, we had already bought the land in Welder, so we had a place to go, but the infrastructure, the buildings, the roads, nothing was there ready for them. We're still working on it. But anyway, I... forgot the hell, where the hell I was going with this. But anyway, I was talking about how to talk to, how to uh, talk to ranchers and cowboys, right? So... Whenever we were evacuating everyone, oh, that's what it was. We had cattle ranchers, cowboys. We had like seven or eight cowboys there. Ryuji was there. He saw it on horses helping us evacuate these cows because if they didn't, guess what? They'd have been freaking underwater. Them cowboys helped us. Well, am I going to turn them away and say, oh, no, you're riding a horse? You cannot come help me. I'd rather my horse, my cat, my cows drown. No, I'm gonna say thank you, thank you. 
We know these people. They're next door neighbors. They're coming to help. But they did come and say, one of them said, uh, ma'am, because they're like that. Uh, hello, ma'am. Uh, do you mind if I use uh, the cattle prod on that, that cow up there and we're having trouble getting her to move? You know, I said, I hell sure do mind. You, you don't use a cattle prod on my cows. You know, you can, you can use it. You can go over there and ride your horse and you can go up to her and get her to move. But you will not use nothing like that on our, on our animals, no. You know, he was like, okay, thank you. That's why I asked. He asked first because he knows we're vegan. They know we're vegan, you know? And so, you know, a lot of people think because we live in the middle of cattle country that cattle ranchers, you know, hate on us. I haven't had any of that. I've had more vegans hate on me than anything else. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But no, sometimes it's like that, right? I mean, you know, I mean, I have my share of haters in the world. And you know what I've learned to do is push up. Get stronger. Get stronger in, in the face of antagonism, you know, not weaker, right? Yeah. And so, uh, so how to talk to ranchers and cowboys. Somebody had a way. Come talk to me. Me? No, this little young man right here, because I want you to get on the microphone. Because we're recording. Okay, so we want to make sure we can hear your question or what you've got to say. I'm going to hold the microphone, though. So, yeah, just understanding that whether you're talking to a 15-year-old at a cube or at Earthlings Experience all the way to a 60-year-old, 70-year-old rancher, they are victims. They're not all there to harm. Like you said, you loved animals. You were just doing something that you thought was right because you were a victim of a system. Um, and just a recent example is in the UK. Um, there's a company in the UK called Arla who own probably over 80% of all dairy farms. Arla cancelled a contract of a farmer in Devon, which is far, far west, and he had 500 uh, uh, dairy goats, 500 dairy goat farm. They cancelled his contract because he was going out of business, not making enough money, which is a wonderful thing. A dairy farm shut down, but he had 500 goats, didn't know what to do with them. Arla had pretty much pulled the rug from under his feet, so he would go bankrupt. Sadly, 500 goats were sold, but 93 babies got out and he worked with a group of us to get 93 babies out so it's understanding that you can't go to them and instantly go you're you're the abuser you have to approach them as a victim now some you'll get kickback that attack you some aren't particularly nice not every human being is but if you approach them like they're a victim and they're a part of this system that is indoctrinated with this evil you get a lot further rather than going in on the offensive. Exactly. Thank you. What is your name? Elliot. Elliot. Thank you very much. Very, very true. You know, anybody else have uh, a way that they've talked to uh, cattle ranchers and farmers? Come on up. I'll, I'll hold it. Just Okay. Just. Uh, my name is Lauren and I have a sanctuary in Utah. And I've actually been around a lot of ranchers. So we have a, it's out in rural Utah. And um, the first time I came in contact with one was our neighbor who runs cattle, and I named two of the cows, <laughs> uh, Herman and Harry. And he, uh, from then on, from those years on, he unfortunately did take all the other cows, but he left those two um, on the property. And so I've been in touch with them about these particular cows, and they're still they're still around, luckily. And um, but we also have cows. So out in Utah, I don't know if it's probably similar in many places. It's called the Green Belt. So you have to 
fence out the cows if you don't want them on your property. And so right now we have cattle just everywhere on our property because we haven't been able to fence them all out. Um, but I will tell you that the people that run these cows and um, take care of these cows are the first to come help us when our cows, our three rescue cows, get out. <laughs> they come and help us. They're the first ones to be on the scene. They're the first ones to help us when we have an issue or a health issue with one of them. They want to help. They want to be there for us. And so I'm learning as time has gone on that these people are, are gentle, gentle beings and they want to help. They're just stuck in a system, as you were saying, and just need a little guidance and need to um, know and trust that they can get out of that system. Um, and one thing I'm dealing with, which I'd actually would love some your feedback, um, in Park City now we have uh, cows running um, almost right in the city now, and I've been in contact back and forth with the city about it and with the particular rancher that's, that's doing this, and I am getting a little bit of kickback from them um, saying that they raise their cows very humanely and that they don't they slaughter them humanely and, and all of that. And so I'm, I'm trying to come up with a way to, to approach them again and meet with them again in a way that can provoke change. Good deal. What is your name? Lauren. Lauren, thank you. Thank you. Have I given her a snap? Yeah, great, great stuff. That's exactly, that's exactly the truth. Farmers, cowboys, cattle ranchers, they are the first to come on the scene when there's a crisis for, for us. They've always been there. Always. And so as far as how to, how to have these conversations, let's talk afterwards, okay? Because I would like to have a one-on-one -on -one with you about that. Okay, so let's, um, okay. We're going to have some fun. Not that we're not already having fun. Y'all having fun yet? All right, like I talked about with this cup. I bought it, I was like, it, it kind of grosses me out because it says the Lone Star State. And, you know, right here is, you know, the big Longhorn, you know, right there. And I have a Longhorn. His name is Frosty. You know, so instead of having that, I want to make a cup. I want to make a mug. And I want to change, I want everybody to have one of these cups, right? So instead of the Lone Star State looking like this on a mug, I want the Lone Star State looking vegan on a mug, right? Huh? Why not? You know, we can do that. Yes, you want to say something? Well, I just have a question. I just thought... Yeah, go ahead. Let's do some questions. Uh, how do you talk to them about the, how do you talk to them about the financial aspect of turning into a sanctuary and vet bills and all that stuff? Yeah, so every every sanctuary question, you know, how do you talk about finances? So, whew, it's expensive, you know, and so, uh, you know, we are, according to um, sources and folks that work with us, pioneering a movement. This is not something that anybody else has got a blueprint on. We're creating blueprints right now. We're creating ways to do just this. And so the Barrett Family Farm, for instance, um, I, y'all, I begged the foundation, basically, that worked with us. I appealed to them to help me with this farm. And they're doing that. You know, they're, they're, they're doing it. And so it's, every farm is going to be different. Every farm has got its own set of unique financial obligations 
Some are going to, like this one family in Texas, they don't even need to make any money. They both work. Uh, it's just, they just have the farm, you know, just because they wanted, you know, because they love animals. Because they love animals. That's why they do it. They love the land. And this is, uh, you know, this is happening all the time. But these people don't need to make any money. They just need to break even. The family, the Barrett family farm, they need to make a living. You know, the Barrett family farm needs to make a real living. Uh, the uh, Holly and Danny Shockwell, they need to make a living. But not as much as the, as the folks in Arkansas. So it's all based on, we have, on our program, we actually have an analysis. If you go to rowdygirlsanctuary.org slash RAP, you can see all of our work. You can see how we structure, you know, the program and, and the kind of analysis that we ask uh, the rancher on. There's a rancher intake form that they fill out. And currently we are developing the um, a Rancher's Advocacy Program website all by itself. So that's under development right now. So that, that is coming very soon. So I was going to do some role playing, but I think because of uh, because it's 250, and I know people have questions. Uh, instead of doing role playing, we talked about this enough. I think we ought to just get stick right to some questions. So who has any questions? Yes. How, how do you deal with subsidies? How do you deal with the government subsidies for dairy farms and cow farms and stuff like that? So how do we deal with subsidies? It's good to see you, by the way. Yeah. Uh, how do we deal with subsidies? Well, if y'all uh, know Laura Montaya Reese or uh, the Vegan Justice League, uh, the they are going into Congress. In fact, they took they took the Rancher Advocacy Program into Congress. This year, they were there three weeks. They are modeling a program after RAP that is actually being presented to staffers in Congress. Staffers, in turn, right, are going up and talking about it and saying, hey, if you want to be the good guy with your constituents, because the handwriting is on the wall, y'all. I mean, you know, this is, this is, we've got to do something other than subsidies. It's not working. And so, and, and the word is getting out that it's not working. I mean, you know, Trump can do what he does all day long and bail everybody out, but it, it doesn't change the fact that the system is broken. You know, and so the more that we talk about this, the more that, that we go into Congress with a way to say, hey, you know, let's offer these farmers really something different. And so we're doing that. Uh, there's a group, uh, there's, a, there's a nonprofit that's being established right now called Agricultural Fairness Alliance. Agricultural Fairness Alliance. Connie Spence and Laura Montaya Reese are, uh, have started this, and I was asked to be on the board of directors, and we have our very first board meeting next week. So this is what we're doing. It's a 501c4. So thank you for asking that question. That's really what it's all about. Thank you. Yeah, other questions? Yes? Oh, sorry. How do you talk to ranchers that are already considering getting out of animal agriculture but are interested in selling their animals to slaughter? Yeah, so animal, uh, farmers that are interested in getting out of animal agriculture but still want to send their animals that they have currently to slaughter? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, yeah and it's uh, it's it's... <laughs> 
I personally will not involve myself with that. You know, I can't help that she's my friend. Huh? I can't help that she's my friend. Yeah, yeah. So tell me about tell me a little bit more then what you're what you're trying to say because I didn't know it was personal. Um, I have a friend who has seven jerseys and she uh, was attempting to run a dairy, but it's proving to be very unprofitable. Um, she still is planning on sending her seven jerseys to slaughter and opening up uh, three acres of raspberry field. And I was hoping that I could step in in time to save them. Yeah, and it's the, the thing is, part of if y'all want to get involved with the Rancher Advocacy Program, you you can join our coalition. Uh, where's Jerry Devereaux? I know her already. Jerry, is she here? I think she left. Okay, Jerry is helping us develop the first ever rap summit, and we're going to have like a two and a half day summit. It's going to be yeah, it's going to be near probably in Austin. And uh, we're going to have our farmers there. We're going to have, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be amazing. And so we're developing, we're going to be developing this. And these are the kind of questions that have to be asked is what do you do with the animals that are victims of farmers that are changing the way they're doing business? Because you're going to have, like the Barretts have 240 cows. We are saving those cows. The foundation I work is working with us. Is you know I we're making sure that those cows don't go to slaughter, okay? But yeah, it's true. It's like whoo! Uh, I, I personally cannot work with a farm that wants to that's going to send their animals. If I know about it, if I know a farm's going to do that ethically, there's no way I'm gonna like whoa! You know, I just can't do it. You know, so yeah. Is that? I'll tell you how if I figure it out. Be part of the coalition. I would love to. We need all over the mind. Just join the coalition. Get on Rancher Advocacy uh, Program. Oh. RadicalSanctuary.org slash RAP. You had a question back there? Yeah, no, just on that note then, how, or what did the family do who was raising 100,000 chickens every 52 days? Like, did they make their mind up to switch while they still had chickens? Okay, so... The Barrett Family Farm was introduced to me by a fellow you all know. His name is Sean Munson. Sean um, was, you know, he's the director of Earthlings and Dominion. And Sean contacted me uh, about this farm because he was, you know, he had met them through uh, Kathy Preston. And uh, I was told about this farm because they really needed some help because they were about to lose the farm. You know, and that's what we, what I do, y'all, honestly, is I will do whatever I have to to save a farm that really wants saved. I will go, I will go to any length to help a farm that wants to help themselves. If there's a farmer, and that, and I met them, when I met Jennifer and Rodney Barrett, I was like, oh my God, these people really want help. They had already sent those chickens to slaughter. I didn't know them then. Okay? They had these cows, and they were scared they were going to go to slaughter. And I said, "Well, there's no way." And they didn't. And they didn't want to do it either, you know. So that's the difference, you know. Is is they had already sent those chickens to slaughter. I did not know them then, and um, to be in those buildings, it was unbelievable. You couldn't believe the smell, the stench. I mean, you can imagine when they're in there. But they've been out of there for months, and I was in there. Ryuji was in there. It was, you couldn't even breathe. Yeah, it was terrible. Yes, Cheyenne. 
So on that same note, though, like with like poultry farming, for example, a majority of the farms, the, the birds are contracted to the farm, so they don't even legally own the birds. Mm -hmm. So when it comes mm -hmm. to the point of like if they wanted to switch over, they're they're generally on a flock by flock contract. Right. So if they wanted to switch over, there legally really isn't a way that you could save the birds. They would still have to be sent to slaughter, and then the farm would be transitioned. That's what we're doing. Yeah, there 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 is some legalities involved when you know farmers are you know contracted, but y'all need to. Y'all need to pay attention to what's, what's, what's about to be happening. There's a lot of stuff happening right now that I can't even talk about. Just stay at, pay attention. In fact, Rain, you were going to pass out these forms. Please fill these out and give these back to me so that I can keep y'all updated on whatever's going on. And you will also end up on our newsletter. If you don't want to be on our newsletter, just hit unsubscribe. But at least I'll have this information uh, for ourselves when we're doing things that involve the Rancher Advocacy Program, okay? So she's going to pass this out. Time for one quick one. Okay, um, so we usually come into contact with ranchers when we're talking about wildlife um, conservation and how, because ranchers are worried about their business, so ranchers are worried about their business, and so we want to be able to save wildlife and also build a good, you know, relationship with them in that process, but it seems like it's usually like butting heads. It is like butting heads. You, you know, you are butting their heads, so... You know, it's it's they're they're generations deep in this belief system that they're doing everything right. Why would they believe a, a vegan waving a flag saying no? Uh, they're not going to believe that. But what they need is for you to go in their back door. They need for you to say, hey, you know, you got some coffee. Let's sit down and have a conversation. Let's talk and then listen to them, hear them, take notes. Say, you know what, I'm gonna. I'm going to see what I could do because just like whoever it was, I think it was somebody said, and it's the truth, you know, it was Cheyenne. What are you going to, you know, if you didn't have to do this, if you didn't have to make money doing this, would you do it? That's a very good question, you know. And so, uh, yeah. So, y'all, follow us on Rowdy Girl Sanctuary. Also, we have Rancher Advocacy Program on Instagram and Facebook. And the two Rowdy Vegans. Two, two, two Rowdy Vegans, two. Two, two rowdy begins. Two, two, two rowdy begins. Two, two, two rowdy begins. Two, two rowdy begins. One plus one equals two rowdy begins. And all right, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Two Rowdy Vegans podcast. Uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, hope you have an incredible rest of your day. Hope you learned something from this podcast. And, uh, you know, as always, leave us some feedback. You can send us a message, write comments on our posts, on Instagram, you know, whatever it is. We love to hear from you because there's no comment section here on the podcast. So, uh, you know, I always love talking to people who've actually listened to the podcast. Kind of like, you know, it's kind of weird for me because we're like, yeah, we, we put it out and then it does its thing. And I'm, I don't really know what happens, right? Because anyways... Um, hope you enjoyed and uh, have an incredible rest of your day, rest of your week, and talk to you next Friday.